to me, <clears throat> identity means how you leave people feeling. That that's that's what identity means to me. Maybe maybe not how much how you leave people feeling. Maybe it's what people think the best of you. When people think about the best part of me, what is it? It's not it's not football. I know that. When people think about the best part of me, it's you're so encouraging. You made me feel better. You're so uplifting. You're so inspiring, right? You're always willing to help. So to me, that's my identity. That's my identity because I had it mixed up. In football, I thought I'm just, I'm a ball player. I'm a head hunter. I knock people out. I do this and that. But okay, when football is gone, I can't walk up and down the street and do that. <laughs> do that to people, no. right? But what did I do as a player and as a teammate? I encouraged, I led, I uplifted, right? I helped people break out of their, you know, break out of their limits and, and reach their higher potential. You know, that's what leaders do. They raise the bar for everyone. They raise everyone else's game, right? So I can still carry those tools and that identity into life. Let's go! You are listening to the Heath Fluids Podcast. And we're having candid and actionable conversations about your health, relationships, business, and ministry. And now here's your host, the second chance coach for men, Michael David Huey. Guys, welcome to another session of the Heat Fluence podcast. It, it, the weather in Florida here, I, I always do this at the beginning of my podcast that my guest today is in Canada and I, I just know it's cold. So I'm not even going to even talk about that, you know. Um, it's going to be in the 80s here tomorrow. We we were actually talking about golf. Uh, Isaac lives on a golf course and doesn't play golf, right? Like, don't play. <laughs> and 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 we were we were laughing about that before. And I was telling him about a story about my my good friend Dr. Eric Thomas, who said, you know, I'm I don't think I'll ever pick up golf because it takes like four hours, and then he goes and buys a golf guy's a house on a golf course in California. So now he says, hey, you're going to have to come out and teach me how to play golf. So maybe one day I'll go to Canada and teach Isaac how to play golf since uh, maybe we'll catch a couple workouts here and there. But guys, let me just tell you a little bit about my guest today. Uh, we met on Clubhouse, which if you're not on Clubhouse, get with it, right? Like uh, for me, uh, the impact that it has made, um, it, it's I've had to hire like five people <laughs> to like keep up with things. And uh, I have three notebooks here of, of, of different places where people fit in and in, in, in our impact and even just relationships, right? Like just building like this relationship, right? Like with Isaac and uh, we were we've been able to be on in the mornings on a um, uh, a club a club uh, called Breakfast with Champions. And it's just people from all walks of life. And it's actually run by Glenn Lundy, who is um, in St. Petersburg, Florida, which is on where I used to live, close to where I used to live for 28 years. I've been in Orlando for about a year. And I'm excited because in a couple of weeks, I'm going to have Glenn on my podcast and, and a lot of other people from Clubhouse and from Glenn's group on our podcast. And I think like what Isaac and I were just, just talking about is that um, I think what for me it's brought is, is community and safety. Um, it's brought encouragement and uh, I'm having a room tonight. I'm doing a room. If you're listening to this and you ever want to join, I'm doing a room every Tuesday night um, at from 6 to 8 p.m. And it's going to be uh, a champions group, to be honest with you, um, uh, a, a wellness relationship and biohacking champions group. And I, I think for me, um, a lot of people are still asking me like, you know, what is biohacking, right? Like, and you know, what does that consist of? Like, like right here beside me, I have a massage chair, uh, 
that if you're just listening on and you can't see Isaac and I, we use these uh, uh, for social media. So we're recording visual of us. But uh, I have a massage chair right here beside me that I use every day. I have an infrared sauna in here. I have my biohacking glasses on. I have, which is really funny when I'm done with Isaac, I've got this foot massage thing that I use. It's underneath my desk right here. And he's smiling right now because he knows how good I'm going to feel after I'm done doing this. Right. And so all these little things that you add in, and I believe that because I've chosen to educate myself on these areas, a lot of people want to know about how at 53 years old, I feel 30. Uh, I just came back from the gym and people look at me and can't believe that I'm 53 years old. Um, my, my cellular age is half my age. My telomeres are less than half my age. Why? Because I've, I've, I've not settled for mediocrity. And I think my guest today, once you hear his story, you'll find out that God has led him down an incredible path. Um, God has rescued him in his life and set him uh, on a solid foundation of the impact that we were, we were just talking about this. You know, I know Isaac believes this and I believe this too. And we were talking about my friend Marcus Black today. Um, you know, we believe that the greater days of our life are ahead of us, right? Doesn't matter your age. Doesn't matter if you're 26 or 56 or 52 or however old you are. Um, God ordained you for greatness. And we were listening to some people talk about that in Clubhouse this morning. And so I'm going to give you just a little brief uh, uh, bio of my guest. Uh, and then I'm going to let him tell his story because what I was sharing with him before is that, you know, our story will always allow people to understand who we are, right? Like, that we're all we're all humans, and what I like about what Isaac said is he's best known for his coaching, right? Like as a man of God, he aims to train the physical, the mental, and the spiritual, right? And when I think about what I read, he wrote, "It's just spirit, soul, and body," right? Yeah, we God gifted us with mind, will, and emotions, which the devil loves to torment us with, and then he gave us the spirit, soul, and body. And like Isaac says, you know, developing and empowering people to to be successful in their sport, but not just in their sport, but in their life. He was born in Michigan. I'm just glad that he's not a U of M guy. He 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 played no, he played no. he played college at Central Michigan. He does. I think he knows that I'm a Buckeye. But um, we 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 lost a, lost a tough basketball game to Michigan. I hate to lose to Michigan in anything. I mean, we own them in football. Like for the last 20 years, they've won once, and we've won 19 times. And then this year they backed out and didn't play uh, because of COVID, but they just know that we would have beat them like 70 to something or whatever, right? Uh, a couple of years ago, we beat them like 60 some and we had the ball at the five yard line and kneeled down on it just so we wouldn't run the score up. But as a real Ohio State fan, I was hoping that we would, Isaac just saying. But um, at, at age, I love what Isaac says, at age 27, he retired from the CFL. He played professional football in the NFL and the CFL for five years. He transitioned to the director of player development and assistant strength coach for Rocky Top, the University of Tennessee. Rocky Top, you'll always be home sweet home Good to me, Rocky right? Top. Right, Rocky Top. <laughs> I remember a couple years ago, um, my wife and I lived in Tampa. I was telling Isaac, and we used to go to the Outback Bowl all the time, right? And one year, Ohio State played in the Citrus Bowl over here against, it was when Eddie George, those of you who remember Eddie George, going to be in the Hall of Fame, great NFL running back, good, became a good friend of mine later on in life. Um, we played over there and it was raining. 
I remember going home and <laughs> soaking wet, and that's all I all I heard the whole entire time was that song, Rocky Top, over and over and over. And then we went to the Outback Bowl a couple of years later. What did we hear again? Over and over. I mean, like it, it was like you heard it a hundred times, right? And so um, Isaac is now back in Canada, right? He's a strength coach for two professional teams, the Hamilton Tiger Cats and the Forge FC, right? His 10 plus years of experience while working in the NFL, CFL, soccer has played, leads him into teams to the Grey Cup, helped lead teams to the Grey Cup. If you don't know what the Grey Cup is, that's the Canadian Football League uh, Lombardi Trophy, right? They get to, they win the Grey Cup right. and then two back-to-back soccer championships. And what I really like about him is, is that um, he's just a real guy. He's became a friend. Uh, I'm excited to know him better now because I, I told him I take notes and we just let the Lord lead us as we go through this. So welcome to the He Flows podcast, my new friend, Isaac Brown. Welcome, my brother. Thank you. I appreciate you having me, man. It's exciting. I'm, exci- I'm excited to... I don't even know what I'm going to say. That's okay. Let the spirit lead, yeah, right? Yeah, you do. Yeah, you do. That's what we got. That's You know what's really funny? Isaac is, my wife says this all the time. Uh, um, uh, she said, the Lord will never leave you nor forsake you, right? No, and I good. always say that she is my second Holy Spirit, right? Mm. Like, like she, she just, my wife has a prophetic gift. Um, she told me the day my father was going to get saved. Um, woke me up on a Sunday and said, your dad's going to get saved. And I said, yeah, I know, honey, I've been praying for 30 years. She said, no, tomorrow. And I was like, really? And she said, yes. And the next day, we won't go down that rabbit trail, but the next day, my father came to know Jesus and, um, you know, had a real born again experience in his, in his hospital bed, thinking he was going to die. And so um, I'm excited to hear your story, my brother. Tell, tell us a little bit about who Isaac is in your journey in life, because I think our journey uh, and our story uh, really tells us who we are, not our accolades and stuff that we've accomplished. Like, you know, uh, I, I still to this day can't believe the things I've experienced in the 52 years of my life, but just the ups and downs and overcoming things that we've went through. So tell us a little bit about your story so I can get to know you a little bit better and so our guests can get to know you. Uh, for sure. Uh, born and raised Saginaw, Michigan. Uh, I did. I actually grew up, here's a funny thing. I actually grew up a mix between Ohio State and Florida State. Those were my two teams growing up. I that's what I'm talking U. about. Yeah, I wasn't a big U of M fan, so that's, I'm with you on that one. Praise I God. Didn't hate, I didn't hate them though. I didn't hate them. I don't hate him. I just don't like him. Yeah. I don't hate anything but sin and the devil. So that's it. I hear you. I hear you. Uh, So I grew up in a a big family, Uh, three boys, three girls. Uh, Both of my parents were very, very, it was like a two way. You know, my dad was the work. He was the work ethic. He guided everything as far as work ethic and, you know, putting your head down and going. And my mom, she was the nurturing side. She didn't work. She stayed home. And well, she did work because she raised seven, seven kids, five of which popped out within six years. So, <laughs> wow. God bless <laughs> and, your mom, right? <laughs> and four of the five were boys. So, <laughs> so there was actually go. four boys and three girls total, right? Four boys, three girls. Yeah. Yeah. So we, we popped out and we, you know, we put my mom to work. It was tough. <laughs> And we all played sports, you know, we all played sports and grew up into that, you know, and uh, what really got me into my journey of football was my uncle. Uh, His name's Monty Brown. He he's pretty well known. He played in the NFL and and then he went into WWE. So then he went into the wrestling and he did both of those, went to the Super Bowl a couple of times, wrestled in WrestleMania. When Donald Trump got his head shaved, he was in that one. So 
he did a lot. You know, he 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 really inspired me to play ball, and and that's what my journey began as a as a young ball player. Um, and it was really funny because as a kid, I was so shy and I was so shy but but when I stepped on the field I kind of became who I who I was I felt like you know and so my journey through football uh so my old my second or my third oldest brother his name's Jake he's the one right above me we're close in age he's a year and 10 months uh difference between us so we ended up playing on the same teams growing up even through college we played on the same college team you know, he went to Central Michigan first when it was time for me to choose where to go to school. I had all these other places and I wanted to just go be on the team with him, you know, especially for my parents sake. They didn't have to split weekends and go here and there. So uh, we played ball together. Uh, but yeah, growing up through through football, man, I really got tied to it as far as my identity, you know, and who I was. I really and this is a mistake that happens a lot with with athletes in general. I can't even just say just football players, just athletes in general. When you grow up in the sport, you start to think that that's all you are, you know, when really you're not the tool, you're gaining tools through that sport. And I made the mistake, you know, of having my mentality thinking that, you know, my identity was just a ball player. And I had a rude awakening in 2006. It was a scary one. So 06, was the year that I was supposed to leave Central Michigan. I was supposed to come out, get drafted, and uh, that didn't happen. We were playing your least favorite team, U of M. All right. The so suckers. this, this, what did this they game, do? What did they this, do now, Isaac? This game was this game was probably the biggest game in my whole college career. Okay, because we had two, we had a first round draft pick, a second round draft pick, and I was supposed to be the next guy up, right, on our team. And then Michigan had Chad Henney, Steve Breston, Lamar Woodley, all those Jake Long, who was the number one pick that year, right? Yep. Every NFL scout was there. And I was a linebacker, but I was also the kick returner because I was one of the fastest guys on the team. And I used to play running back. So, you know, this is my chance to really shine. I mean, we're on the big stage against U of M in the big house. I got to shine, show the scouts, right? Well, what happened was I tore my ACL in the second quarter, returning a kickoff. And it was just like, where am I going to go now? What's going to happen now? You know, it went from you getting drafted. I had already gotten my invite to the All-Star game after the season to all of a sudden nothing's happening for you, you know, and uh, the rest of the season, you know, we actually went on and won our conference championship that year, won our bowl game. Brian Kelly was our head coach, who's now at Notre Dame. He yeah. was our head coach. And uh, he did an amazing job, especially helping me stay involved. You know, I was a captain, still traveled, still went out for the coin toss, you know, even as an injured player. So he did a great job keeping me involved. But behind the scenes, I was losing. I was losing. You know, it, it was like a, a public success, but private failure, you know, and I was drinking a lot. I was, I didn't have a roommate. My roommate had taken a, uh, a internship at Disney World. So he was gone that entire semester. So I was really struggling on my own. I was not digging in my Bible and digging into prayer like I was supposed to. You know, when that injury happened, I dropped everything. I dropped everything that I wasn't being real about, you know? And I and I initially I eventually, you know, wiggled my way down to the suicidal thoughts, which, you know, at that time, that was my world. So it seemed like everything was gone. But when I look back at it, 
I realized I was just, I was looking through a straw, you know? Um, but I, I got out of that. I actually confessed that in a Bible study and everyone in there broke out crying and we were all friends. It was an athlete Bible study. And one of our, one of our coaches was running it and, uh, everybody in there broke out crying. And I had no idea how much people loved me, you know? Like that, that night really changed my life. I had no idea how much I was loved, you know? And, you know, I thought I was only, you know, when you're in college, you think you're popular and loved just because you're sport. Yep. And it's not. Or it's the guys true. you hang around with, right? Yeah. Yeah. But really it's who you are, you know, because I realized none of those people cried when I tore my ACL. So it wasn't about me playing the game. They cried when I revealed that I was thinking about doing something harmful to my life. That's when, you know, so I realized that was a, that was a trail I didn't want to go down. So with prayer and all that, we got through it and I got baptized shortly after. And that's when my journey got, got real. And here's the, 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 the way God works. And I can tell you that, that moment tearing my ACL, God works out all things for your good, right? So what I thought was the worst moment of my life, that was a, that was a, what do they call them? A turning point in my career Amen. because I wouldn't be right here. I wouldn't be right here in Canada if that didn't happen. And I'll tell you why. When that happened, I had to get granted a medical red shirt. So I had to come back to Central Michigan the next year in order to finish out my college career. That year, after the 06 year, Brian Kelly left and took the job at Cincinnati. And then he went on to Notre Dame. So when he left, that left our head coaching spot vacant. Bush Jones comes and takes the head coaching spot. <laughs> this right? is going to be so good. I can already tell, my brother. Yeah, I can yeah. already tell. This is so good. Talk about divine. Kick it in, man. This is going to be good. I'm telling you, right? So Butch Jones takes the head coaching spot. And he was there. He recruited my brother, right? He recruited me. And then he left in 04 or 05 to go to West Virginia. So he went to West Virginia for two years, then came back as the head coach. So he takes the head coaching spot. I play my senior year under him, end up getting uh, picked up by the Falcons, okay? And I got really close with our strength and conditioning coach, Dave Lawson, uh, as a player. So when I left and went to the Falcons, I didn't finish my degree. Okay. Not even in five years, I didn't finish my degree. So when I went there, I got cut, tore my, tore my hamstring. That was short. But a funny story, Laurie Malloy was on the team. He was a rookie on the team with my uncle for the Patriots 1997 or 98 team. So that was weird playing with the guy who played with my uncle on the same team. But uh, so after I left Atlanta, I ended up going back to Central Michigan. And here's where the dots started to get connected. I did my internship in the weight room with Dave Lawson. And at that time, I was doing my internship and I was working out to be ready for a call. I thought another NFL team was going to call me at any time. And Coach Jones and Coach Lawson, they told me, they said, hey, if you want to stay with us, we'll find a spot for you and we'll go to work. We'll, we'll work together. We'll, we'll get you on the staff. And I was young and hard headed. I'm like, no, I want to, I want to keep playing. So I'm gonna keep working out and then figure <laughs> out what happens. Right. Great. Yep. So come March, this is, you know, eight months come around, come March. I just threw my hands up. I'm like, all right, it's the middle of the off season. No NFL team has called me. I'm going to Vegas. I need a little vacation. So I went to Vegas and my second day in Vegas, that's when I got the call to come out here and play in the CFL. Played out here for four years. Now, during those four years, I, re I received calls from different teams, uh, college teams, trying to get me to come and be a graduate assistant and work with them. But I was like, nope, I still want to play. Well, in 2012, Butch Jones took over at Tennessee. Okay. 
I just signed a three-year contract. Well, I, sorry, I signed a three-year contract at the beginning of 2012. Bush Jones took over in December 2012. The 2012 season, I tore my quad. So they weren't, they didn't give me a chance to finish my contract. So I got released in 2013. Two months later, Bush Jones calls me. What are you doing for work? Nothing. Well, we got to open in a strength and condition. And you want to come down? Yes. <laughs> so I'm out, right? <laughs> yes. No hesitation. So, right? So literally two months after my pro career ended, I'm gone down in Tennessee. I'm in coaching, right? So it was that connection back at Central Michigan. You know, if I didn't tear my ACL in 06, who knows if I would have gotten that opportunity to play under Butch, to work with Dave Lawson, and then them wanting me to come work with them five years later, five, six years later, right? So he works everything out. What I thought was the worst moment it put me in my it put me in my purpose. It was a doorway. So wow, it, that's so good, isn't it? Good. And then you yeah. got yourself up there in Canada now, right? Right. Yeah. And you're working yeah. with some 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 winners up there. Tell us tell us a little bit about that, because but before you go on to that, mm-hmm. here's what I do know. Oh, that 06, 07 Central Michigan team had some pretty interesting football players on their team. We did one being we Antonio did. Brown, right? Yep. Yeah. And one being J.J. Watt. J.J. Right? Watt, like, yeah. I yeah. did my homework, my brother. That's right. Like, That's right. Like, I played I'm like, and Dave LaFleur, right? Like, like, yeah, down the floor. He actually yeah. played up here on our team, too. Yeah, yeah. and I was like, yeah. wow, man. And J.J. Watt ended up leaving school because yeah. they, they wanted him to play tight end, right? Mm-hmm. And and he's mm-hmm. like, nah, man. And then he, yeah. went to, then he went to Wisconsin, right, and became this, right. what I, I think one of the best defensive players probably yeah. in the NFL. Fell right now if you know he'll be a hall of famer and he's just i think he's still got a lot of his career left right like yeah he, he's just he's he's got it together right he's got yeah. i mean i was watching him flip some tires and all this stuff he does right like yeah. come on man yeah. like that guy he came in you know he came in as a tight end right a yeah, young that's what I was saying. tight end 225 pounds and then they're like uh you can play yeah. tackle i said no i'm not playing tackle i'm out of here <laughs> yeah peace out on that right like no i'm not doing it that. worked out for him you know it yeah i mean i mean and obviously he's still he's only 31 years old you know and um still got i think several years ahead of him you know um 2017 named him the sportsman of the year you know, there's yeah. just a lot of stuff that that guy went on and did in his career five times in the Pro Bowl, three time NFL defensive player of the year, like, you know, mm-hmm. led the NFL in sacks several times, all yeah. decade team, you know, 2010. I mean, he only just playing one year, he made it all decade team, right? right. Like, so, right. so tell us what got you to Canada. So what, what got me to Canada was, you know, the first time around was that call. I had no team. I had nothing. And the funny story is you live, you live down, uh, down in Florida. My, my tryout was in Tampa. It was down there in Tampa. Um, and I thought it was a, a one-on-one, a person, private tryout. I get down there. There's 60 guys that are I've trying been to out. Those. I've been yeah, to those. Yeah. And they only picked two. Yeah. So I, I went to one of those two for the arena football league, Isaac. I went. Mm-hmm. Um, we had 150 people tried out for the, it used to be a Tampa Bay storm and they used, they won championship after championship. I remember that. Okay. And, and, um, this was 92, 1992. Mm -hmm. Um, and, um, I remember you're going to laugh. I was the only white guy to break four or five that day. There wasn't a whole lot of white guys out there running anyway, but this is saying, and, um, and then I had the fastest shuttle time 
one of the top three fastest shuttle times. And we all came back the next day. Um, and uh, they actually picked a friend of mine who was a Florida State grad um, that uh, went on to play in the Arena Football League for like seven or eight years. And and what was cool about that is, is you know, you got 150 guys trying out. They take one guy, right? Like it's like, right. like you just said. So, yeah. So share a little bit. Well, that's awesome. It's, tough. it's understandable. Yeah. Yeah. It was tough. I, I was you know, I wasn't, uh, I wasn't nervous. I was shocked. I'm like, what is, this is not what I, not what I thought. Right. So my immediate, my immediate thing, you know, I, and I remember saying this to myself and, you know, on one side I had fear, not because of the tryout, but because it was on a, it was on a, a, uh, a golf course for some reason. And I don't, I don't really, I don't like alligators very much. So I saw them in the pond and I'm like, why are we oh, here? Man. Right. So I'm looking, I'm like, why are we here? But then the other thing I said to myself, like, that's I said, why you don't like okay. golf, my brother. Uh, yeah, I'm not. I'm not dealing. That's with why it. you don't like golf because there's lots of alligators in the pond. Yeah, I can't. I, not <laughs> if you can eat me, I don't want anything to do with nah, you. I'm good. You know. Yeah. So on the other side, I said, "Okay, God, if you brought me here, it's, it's for me to win." Period. Just like that, and. That moment gave me calmness for the rest of the workout. I worked out as if they weren't here to see anybody else from that moment, you know, and, and all those other guys, and there were some good athletes there. And, you know, there was even guys there that I later on in my career came back in contact with a, a different team had picked them up. They didn't make the, they didn't make the cut that day. But uh, the funny thing is when it came to the final cuts and they brought us our contracts, they had my name on the contract already. And the other guy did not have a contract. They said, we'll invite you to camp. But they actually brought a contract for me to sign. But the other guy, they didn't have a contract, but they still invited him to camp. So it was just like, it was mine, right? It was mine. If it was mine to lose, right? God brought me there. It's already yours. And all I had to do was follow through. You know, if I had operated in fear, I would have had a terrible workout it wouldn't have ended up here you know so i came out here had a, a four-year career in which i only played in three seasons because I, I missed another season with the acl um but you know everything happens for a reason everything happens for a That's reason so but when i when i left i i i shook hands i didn't leave on a bitter note i shook hands uh, and I told everyone, thank you. Made sure I told the president who's now the CEO. Thank you. Made sure I told the ops guy who's now the general manager. Thank you. And those are the same people who called me back here to work as their head strength coach. That's, that's because you led by leave on a good note. Thought, Gotta leave on a good first note. impressions go a long way. You, you mentioned, let's, let's go down this road here a minute. You mentioned mm -hmm. something earlier and I think you've heard me talk about it in rooms. Mm -hmm. Um, and let's, let's, and, and he said, Hey, I don't even know what I'm going to say because we we prayed before we said i told isaac that um i had like this structure of my podcast where i was asking the certain questions all the time and i told him tim's story and my buddy eric thomas kind of said hey you should probably not do that and i was like okay so um we brought you brought up a word earlier about identity um and and uh, you've heard me talk about this i know because i i i uh, one of my one of my good friends uh pastors a church in dallas uh his name's todd white if, you, if you, he's got a, a brand called lifestyle christianity if you've never followed him my friend my friend Theo Kulianis is now his head pastor of the campus there, and Todd's the overseer, and 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 he has a great video. If you're listening and you've never seen Todd, there's a video on YouTube called Identity by Todd White, and he talks about our identity. When you hear that word, Isaac, um, you know, I give, there's a book that I give every one of my coaching clients, and we've got about 200 of them here we order on a regular basis. 
um, called Wild at Heart by John Eldridge. And John talks about the heart of a man, right? And I think everybody, if you're listening today and you reach out to me, I will send you one of those books because I, I, it's a top five book I've ever read. And everybody that reads that I send it to says they usually read it twice because of the impact it makes. Um, and, and there's the imposter syndrome. There's people that, yeah. you know, self-ambition, they make them, they want to make themselves look better than they actually are. I can say that mm-hmm. I was guilty of that at a young age. Uh, you mentioned it, you know, we, we try to live in the past, right? Like, you know, off yeah. of our past things. When you think about the word identity, what does it mean to you? To me, <clears throat> identity means how you leave people feeling that that's, that's what identity means to me. Maybe, maybe not how much, how you leave people feeling. Maybe it's, what people think the best of you. When people think about the best part of me, what is it? It's not It's not football. I know that. When people think about the best part of me, it's you're so encouraging. You made me feel better. You're so uplifting. You're so inspiring, right? You're always willing to help. So to me, that's my identity. That's my identity because I had it mixed up. In football, I thought I'm just, I'm a ball player. I'm a head hunter. I knock people out. I do this and that. But okay, when football is gone, I can't walk up and down the street and do that. <laughs> do that to people, no. right? But what did I do as a player and as a teammate? I encouraged, I led, I uplifted, right? I helped people break out of their, you know, break out of their limits and, and reach their higher potential. You know, that's what leaders do. They raise the bar for everyone. They raise everyone else's game, right? So I can still carry those tools and that identity into life, you know? So football was an expression. It was an expression of my identity. But to me, my true identity is is a servant and and as a servant those are the things that i do i encourage i uplift i inspire i motivate i get people moving i help people reach levels that they didn't see they could reach they could reach it they just couldn't see right so that's that's what identity means to me when i think of that word and when you and when you hear what isaac just said and and maybe we can just keep this going for a second because i think it's really good Mm -hmm. i I told him i take notes and kind of you know, you said you're a servant, right? I think our identity too, and then maybe you can comment on this, is in the one who created us, right? The one oh, who yes. created us for greatness. Like our identity, I said this today um, in the Rexus of Champions group, I said, you know, um, our identity is not in what people think about us or our past failures, or I'm a football player or whatever. Our identity is in who God created us to be. And, and when I think about that, you just said it, God created you to be a servant. Talk about that for a minute, because I think that's super important. When we really realize, <clears throat> I mean, just think about it. To me, every, and it's great, it's coming up, and I'll, it's one of the things I'll miss about moving from, from Clearwater or from Tampa area over here to Orlando's. Yeah. Um, we used to, on, on, on uh, Good Friday, we used to do a feet washing service where they'd have the buckets of water and, you know, you'd one side, you'd go and sit and get your side feet. And then, you know, they had both sides and then you'd go over to the other side and you'd wash somebody else's feet, right? And to me, the greatest act of servanthood was one on the very night that he was going to be betrayed, our savior took a basin and uh, 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 some water and he washed the feet of the disciples. And I think the greatest revelation from this, Isaac, is when he came to Peter and Peter said, no, you, you will not wash my feet. He said, I should be washing your feet. And he said, Peter, if I, if I can't wash your feet, you can have no part of me. I get goosebumps as we, as we talk about this. I got them all yeah. over my body. Holy, thank you, God, for being here with us today. Thank you for your spirit. And, and, and then Peter looked at him and said, well, Lord, if not my feet, but my hands and my head as well, right? Like let you really serve, right? Let me serve. So when you think about servanthood, 
touch on that a little bit. What does that mean to Isaac? To me, servanthood is is, is probably the most natural thing for me to do, to be honest. It, it, it's the most fulfilling. What's the word I'm looking for? It's the most fulfilling thing that, that, I, that I can do. And my, it's natural. Like I, I love to serve. Um, I don't need, I don't need any type of reciprocity for it. I don't need anything my word. given back to me. Yeah. I don't, I don't need anything given back to me. I, I can, I can serve and just the feeling of knowing that I'm helping someone else or doing something for someone else is enough, you know? So, you know, for me, just serving, encouraging, giving one word to someone or holding the door, you know, or giving money to someone out on the street or anything, anything is it's so natural. And when I think of just being completely who I am without even having to think, without having to plan, it's serving. It's serving. You know, you don't even have to think about it. It's such a natural, it's such a, it's an, it's a natural reaction. It's humility, you know? don't you think? Oh, for sure. For sure. Because there's no, there's no ego involved. There's nothing involved except just love and just giving everything. So good. You, you when you said that, um, it brought back, I just had this vision. Um, I was in a mastermind 2018, 2019. And uh, my wife and I won an award, a monumental business award at Thrive um, in 2019. And Cole Hatter, who is the head of Thrive, he has a it's a it's a it's a entrepreneur event that's for entrepreneurs who have four purpose businesses, meaning that your business is for a purpose to give, to to serve, right? To give money away, to not just to hoard and keep for yourself, like right? That. And um, he talked about where he used to, he would go to the bridge in LA and go and sit underneath the bridge with this former millionaire who had lost everything. And he asked him about, you know, humility. And he said, humility is when I lost everything and the peace that I had sitting underneath this bridge. And I thought, wow, like, and if most of the people know my story, you know, we had somebody that kind of cost us about a half a million dollars. And 2018 and 2019 into 2020. And uh, then I recovered and, and of crushing it. But that's because of the grace of God. That's because of the, the, the you know, there's a, um, and I don't know if you're a movie buff, Isaac, but I'm a movie guy. I love movies. Just a little bit. Okay. I love movies. Like there was a movie out about a football player last year in 2020 called Brian Banks. Did you see the, did you see the movie? I didn't okay, see you're going to, you're going to have to watch it. Cause okay. it's about a, a young African-American high school football player that's accused of rape. Right. Mm. And he doesn't rape the girl. I mean, it's obvious that she put on this act and he goes to jail for it. And in jail, he reads this book that I think every all, another book that every man should read called As a Man Thinketh by James Allen. Um, and uh, he read it. The chaplain actually gave him the book and his mindset changed from not just knowing that he, what he did, he never did it, but how it put him, how he put himself in the place to be set up for that to happen. Mm-hmm. And he and he said, I'll, I'll never see myself the same again. I'm going to see myself and I'm going to protect the, the times. And then later on, he began to pray and he believed. And then the girl recanted her story and he got out of prison. But basically his life had changed, right? Like there was just a, a you, you're not going to pros. You're not going to, you know, you just, this not happening, right? And I think it just, it, it just takes me back. Well, well, let's finish, let's finish with this. Um, tell me what the rest of 2021 looks like for Isaac. What, and maybe somebody's listening and there's a word of encouragement that you can bring and, 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 and challenge, you know, people to listen. And I pray that if you're listening today, if you're listening and you're driving, please don't take out a pencil and piece of paper. But if you've been here with us from the beginning, go back and listen to this and take some notes. 
I, I've got three pages of notes already just from the time we've been together today. And and I'll just say this. I want, we want you to just pay attention to the end because I believe if you go back and listen to our podcast, the very end of these podcasts, my uh, editor, Don uh, Gadsden, the voice, we call him Don the voice because his voice is, if you ever listen to the beginning of my podcast, it's, it's Don. He's like, let's go. And it's just a, it's just an awesome voice. He does voiceovers. He does, he does. He's got several books that he's done the audios for that are on the New York Times bestsellers list that he's done the audio for. Uh, a lot of pastors, a lot of um, evangelists and just great people. But he always says, man, I, it, it's a joy just to be able to, he says, I get my personal development just listening to your podcast, like in editing them and really being encouraged. So tell me what the rest of some encouraging stuff that you can share with us that you have going on. And then just tell us how people can connect with you and, and get to know you better and reach, reach. Cause I obviously know you can, you, you can find them on clubhouse, but you, I want to know about yeah. what the next part of this year looks like for you and maybe an encouraging word to send us off. The next part of this year for me, y'all are um, locked down in Canada, um, right? Yeah. Like, I, yeah. I, I, well, I mean, we're opening up slowly. slowly. Really? I, I, I had two, a client of mine get ago, mad at they me. started to open up. Well, I had a client of mine from Canada before you go on with that. I'll tell yeah. say this, and hopefully she doesn't listen to this because <laughs> she does it. I don't <laughs> think, but she got mad at me because my wife and I took a vacation to Marco Island down here in Florida and Florida has been open for a while. Like we've been, right. I mean, we still go to the gym. All they do is check your temperature and give you a towel. And yeah. the gym's a lot cleaner now than it's ever before i'll just say that right, but right. but you know we don't have to wear a mask i'm not gonna breathe in my own even if, if they told me i had to wear a mask to go to the gym i wouldn't go to the gym because i'm not gonna breathe in my own co2 and right. let it go right back up into my nose and into my lungs and let my lungs expand and just not feel good later on right mm -hmm. but mm -hmm. but she was like i can't believe you of all people you know you're gonna we're sitting here we can't only all we can do is go to the grocery store and she lives in toronto she's like only thing we can do is go to the grocery store yeah she's like only thing we can do is go to the grocery store and you of all people, and she's it's a Jew, Jewish lady that I really love. And she's like, you of all people, you, you, you're such a good person. And you and Lisa are at this hotel. I said, Tammy, this hotel is packed out. And the group that paid for our trip to go there, she, one of my business partners, we, we held up like a 16th of the hotel and the hotel was sold out. I was like the rest. Of, so the 15th up 15% or 15 of the other 16 uh, take up the whole rest of the hotel and you must really hate them too, because all they're doing is doing what they felt was right to do. And everybody's wearing masks. We're, we're cleaning ourselves, you know? So yeah, you guys are on lockdown. So tell me kind of what's going on now. You said you're coming out, but kind of what's the next season yeah. of, of, for Isaac going to look like? Yeah. Next season for me, you know, I'm, I'm trying to expand my business. I'm looking to hire two or three coaches uh, because as I have taken on more clients than I can handle, now I'm starting to have to have people wait because there's only one me, you know? So I, I and, and yeah, and I'm on a collision course with our season, right? So we start in May. Once that, once that happens, I'm cut down in my hours, right? So I'm looking to hire some help. That's what the next the next season looks like for me. And I'm also, thank God for Clubhouse. I'm accumulating so much knowledge from people who have been down the road that I'm on, the road that I'm traveling. God's putting the people in the place and they're telling me where to turn, when to stop, when to slow down. And, you know, so I'm, you know, it's a mixture of, well, actually it's not a mixture of anything. It's all being a student. It's 100%. completely being a student. That's what this next season is for me. I'm learning and accumulating and applying everything that I possibly can um, for the rest of 2021. And, Perfect. you know, what, whether or not, I get to where I thought I would be. That's not, that's not my, that's not my business. That's he's God's young. Business. That's why he's saying that. Cause he's 30, what, 31, right? Isaac, 31. 
Oh, I wish. Thank you, though. How old are you? I'll I'll be 36 this year. Oh, yeah, that's right. You're four years behind him because they were freshmen when you were a senior, right? Or you were in fifth year. That's right. Okay, so yes. Who's that? Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm four years ahead of them. Yeah, okay, yeah. So I get it. So you're 36, right? Almost 36 next two months. I'll be 36. Uh, In April? April 29th, yeah. Okay, that's my dad's month of birthday. But yeah, well, thank you. How can people connect with you and find out more about you and, and... just really get because because you said this this is what you said before you say this it's really great um i noticed isaac does this too and i know i've done it like people will will ping us into rooms go in Mm -hmm. sit and listen they ask us to speak i click the dismiss button all the time because i want to i i think some people have an ego like you see people they're just in these groups and then they're just in there because it's about them right Mm -hmm. i paid probably a hundred i probably paid close to a hundred thousand dollars for masterminds Mm -hmm. and clubhouse is my mastermind now i don't have to pay for a mastermind I can go in and listen. I can I can block out times in my day or at nighttime when my wife is is working out. Um, I can block out times where I go and I just I have a notebook downstairs, clubhouse notebook, right? And people ask questions like, "What about this?" I ask questions, right? Mm-hmm. Hey, what can I ask a question? Right? Go in, ask a question. Boom, right? I I, I hold a recorder to the side. Mm-hmm. Heck, and when there's when we're on Breakfast of Champions, I have a little memo recorder on my iPad. I just hit that record because I want to I want to be able to go back and say, okay. So and so said this, and so and so said this. So tell us yes. people how they can get to know you a little bit better and connect with you a little bit more. Uh, you can connect with me on Instagram. It's Coach Isaac Brown on my Instagram. My clubhouse name is the exact same, Coach Isaac Brown. And also on Facebook, um, you can connect with me on Facebook on Isaac Ike Brown. That's those are my social media platforms. So what do you like I to be called, on Isaac or Ike? I go I go by both. Who you calls know? you what? That's let's talk about that before you go. It's kind of a mixture. What's your I, what's your family Ike is call more you? in the football world? They call me both. Really? Yeah, they call me both. Yeah, Ike is more predominantly in the football world. If you say Isaac, people won't know who you're talking about. If you what's say your mama, Ike, what's your mama say, Isaac? She says both. Does she really? She says, but yeah, it just depends. When yeah, she's she mad, which both. one does she say? She'll say Isaac. <laughs> My mom is rarely mad. Okay. Because whenever, you know, I mean, you obviously know this. People always ask me, you know, like, what do you want to be called? Mike or Michael? Right. right. I said, Michael means I've always been Michael. So I put that on there. But I said, when my mom says Mike, Mm -hmm. that means she's means business. Like, Mm -hmm. okay, Mike. Like, and I'm like, oh, she means business now. Like, okay, where are you, Mike? Right. I'm like, okay, she needs, she means business. My oldest brother's name is, is, is Michael. And my dad's name is Michael. And she calls my dad Mike, but my brother. Michael. She never calls him the same. Oh, yeah. She can't get mad at either one of them. They'll never know. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Right. Well, Isaac, thank you so much. And and if you've been listening today and this brings encouragement to you, go follow Isaac. Come on, come in some of our clubhouse and just listen. Follow him, follow me, follow people. And and I've got a couple, uh, I think I've got like nine invites now for, for Clubhouse. If you don't know about it, it's you have to be invited to be in, in beta test. If you have an Android or something like that, too bad, so sad. You ain't getting in <laughs> as of right now. You better get an iPad. You better get an iPad. That's exactly what my... But one of my friends, JC Garrick, he's been on my podcast when I first started. He he put a joke on the other day on Facebook that said, Hey, I got seven invites for Android users. And I was like, dude, you're so funny. Like you just must be but you selling iPads in the background. Right. <laughs> so guys, if you've been listening and you've found value in this, the only way more people get to hear this interview is if you go and download this podcast and share it. Share it with people. 
when you, this is what I tell people to do uh, when we share this, pray and think about somebody who could use to hear this message. And that's everybody. That's anybody that has breath in their lungs needs to see the story, how God ordained Isaac's life, even up till this. Now he's still, he's still a young guy, right? He's still a young guy. He's, he's got a lot of his life ahead of him. I shoot. I'm a young guy. I don't, I mean, Isaac can look at me right now and he'd never be able to guess that I'm 50, that I'll be 53 years old pretty soon. No, no, no way. Heck, the the way, the the guy who owns, my wife and I have this favorite, we we go about once a month to have pizza and there's this favorite place of ours. It's the guys from New York, right? And uh, he makes the best pizza. And the other day, my wife kind of splurred. She was going, she's going into a 40 days uh, plant-based diet just to see if it works for her. And she's like, I just want to have some lasagna. Right. Mm-hmm. And so we, we, Frank, Frank says, Hey Mike, are you going to be 40 this year? And my wife's like, see, I told you, nobody ever guesses that you're going to be 53 years old. Right. And you know why? Because I've put the time in to, to, to like, I, like, even when I look at myself, I don't have wrinkles on my head. I don't have bags underneath my eyes, which 95% of my people, my age and even younger, I, I, I got, I bought a car the other day. Uh, for my wife, she, 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 she's so funny. She, she thought she wanted an SUV, Isaac. And then she saw that new F5 uh, Kia that LeBron had, does commercials for. Yeah. She went out and took it for a ride without me and came back and she says, honey, I don't want the SUV anymore. And she's a very practical woman. She, she could have any type of car she wanted. She could have a BMW, Mercedes, she could have Audi, she could have whatever she wants. Uh, but she wanted a Kia. She, she's like, I love the SUV. She had this hybrid that got 50 miles a gallon for a year. Um, they made the Sorrento into a hybrid. She thought she wanted that. We went for a ride in it. She squealed the tires and the back end fishtailed when we came out of the parking lot. And then when we went back, she saw that she saw this, this kind of scarlet and gray, if you know what I mean. The inside is red and the outside is kind of this grayish type. And if you could look on my Facebook, you can see the pictures. It's phenomenal. And it's getting like 32 miles a gallon, which is another Mm. awesome thing here in Florida. So we bought her, I bought her a new car and she was happy. And then she let me drive it home because she hates to drive at night. So I was like, honey, you just bought this car. She's like, I do not like to drive at night. You're driving. So, uh, she's, she's, she's super happy, but I'll just say this guys. Thank you. Thank, thank you for listening. And uh, thank you again for Isaac. And as I said, guys, I say this when I finish every single one of these podcasts, set your sights on loving God first and then loving others, right? Love God, love others. My, my, my lineage and my family is God first, my wife, and then myself and everything else. Right. Because I believe it's important. So love God, live with passion. Guys live with a passion and a dream. Believe that God has a plan and a purpose for your life and help him walk through you, with you, and through it for the rest of your life. So God bless you. Thanks for listening. We'll see you on the next episode of the Heathlands Podcast. Bye-bye.